good Tuesday morning. Welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Palak Jaiswal, and it's good to be back. Former U.S. Senator Orrin Hatch died in Salt Lake City surrounded by family this past weekend. Many Utahns knew the 88-year-old politician as the nation's longest-serving senator, having served seven terms representing Utah in the U.S. Senate. But others, like the Salt Lake Tribune sports columnist, also remember Hatch as an avid sports fan. This is Gordon Monson, columnist with the Salt Lake Tribune. Obviously, a lot of people, they look at uh, Orrin Hatch and his career and what he did and what he accomplished as a, as a political figure and as a senator. But for me, my experience with him is more Orrin Hatch, the sports fan. And I spent some time with him, uh, probably two hours, talking with him about his love of sports and it was uh, his passion was uh, almost fanatical he was a huge fan of the local teams here and obviously politicos uh, gain uh, gain a little bit of uh, favor from their voters when they say how much they love the jazz or the utes or cougars and uh, hats did that but he was savvy enough to do that but it was, it was authentic in his case. He loved sports. He used to go out of his way to go to jazz games. He would go in the locker room afterward and hop down with the players and all of that. He was, a, he was an athlete himself. He was a basketball player. He played a bunch of other sports. And he was a boxer. In fact, he told me a story that kind of blew me away a little bit, uh, that when he was a freshman at BYU, he got in a fight with a BYU football player and uh, let me see if I can get this quote exactly right. He said, uh, I lit into him. I beat him to a pulp. I hit him harder than I ever hit anyone, probably 15 straight times. When I left, he was lying face down. I was bleeding. I had to get my eyes stitched up. So I left, but I started worrying that maybe I had killed him. I made up my mind then that I would never fight again except in the ring. He was a welterweight. He was a trained fighter. But I'd never heard a senator uh, tell any kind of story about him nigh on to killing somebody. So a hatch was full of surprises. One other anecdote real quick. He, uh, he was on my radio show once along with Dennis Lindsay, who at that time was the uh, general manager of the jazz. And they were both in studio. And usually the general manager of the jazz is not really approached in an aggressive way uh, by anybody about some of his uh, decisions, front office decisions. But Hatch lit right into Dennis Lindsay and started asking him questions about why he didn't sign this player or why he didn't trade for this guy or why he let certain players go. And Dennis Lindsay just looked like he wanted to just would have slipped right under the desk, or he he would have it would have been a great example of that commercial, that old uh, Southwest commercial. You, you want to get away? He looked like he wanted to get away. Thanks, Gordon. Next, some more political news. Utah Senator Mike Lee has been in the national news recently for text messages he sent to Donald Trump's chief of staff that show Lee was actively looking for a way to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Lee was in town last week for the Utah Republican Convention, where delegates gave the two-term senator an ovation. 
Reporter Dayton Allender was at the convention and shares what Republicans thought of Lee. That was just a small portion of the hero's welcome Senator Mike Lee received as he walked on stage at the Republican nominating convention on Saturday. Despite the recent controversy Lee faced over his role in former President Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election, Lee was treated to some of the loudest cheers of the day. Lee ran away with the delegates' support, earning three quarters of their votes. However, not every Republican in attendance was a fan of Utah's senior senator. Glenn Maybe, an alternate state delegate, stood outside the convention doors as people walked in, holding a sign and playing a stream of sound bites out of a megaphone. He was there as an anti-Trump protester, and while acknowledging Lee's constitutional acumen, he said he had cooled on the lawmaker after Lee began siding with the former president. Uh, I think that Mike Lee is, knows more about the Constitution than I do. I think that he's a reasonably good person. But inasmuch as he is deceived or seduced, by the promise of power through the Trumplicanism, then he's obviously not someone that I want to support as a representative from Utah. Lee will now head to the Republican primary, where he will face off against Ali Isom and Becky Edwards. At the Democratic convention on the same day, the party voted to not send a Democrat to the ballot in November, with the hopes of boosting Evan McMullen's independent campaign for Lee's seat. To read the Tribune's full coverage of both the Democratic and Republican conventions from this past weekend, head to sltrib.com. Our last story for today's episode nods at Utah's journalism history, specifically one six-point million pages of it. In a new partnership between the Salt Lake Tribune, the University of Utah's Marriott Library, and newspapers.com, a total of 133 years of Salt Lake Tribune papers will be published online and free for anyone to access. I report on the new partnership and talk to the project manager at Marriott, Tina Kirkham, who says the Tribune is a newspaper of national significance. Read more about the project at sltrib.com. And that's it for today. I'll be your host for the rest of the week. A special thank you to the Tribune's Sage Miller for producing this episode, and a big shout out to the local band The Pelicants for providing our music. <laughs>